Welcome to Tough Love Podcast with me, Marie Lockman, matchmaker, dating specialist, and the founder of Love HQ Matchmaking. And me, Stephanie Wiegand, clinical psychotherapist and relationship specialist. Stephanie, a pleasure as always. The sunshine is definitely out there today. So oh probably if anybody's listened to this in six months time and it's snowing, but today it's sunny. Yeah, exactly. So we just decided we do a little bit of a summer special and we said with our one to one. So I don't know if all of you know this, but myself and Stephanie hold one to one private one to one sessions. And essentially how that works is you just book a Zoom call with us. So no matter what's going on in your life, whether it is a breakup, whether you think you should break up with them, whether you don't know where to start again with dating, whether you have a pattern that's holding you back. Uh, we recently had one that her boyfriend was, um, you know, just kind of irritating her and she kind of needed a little bit more information on how to deal with it and better communication. Um, so essentially for anybody that books a consultation with us for the month of June, July, we're doing it for half price. So you can go onto our website, toughlove.ie and all the information is there. So today we're going to talk about arguments. Yes. You might wonder why we started thinking about that. And I suppose it's just the talk about relationships, the constant talk about relationships. And we began to think about the skill sets that really help people to get forward in, you know, into a good relationship. In, you know, once you meet somebody, that's not just enough. You have to be able to build it, establish it, know yourself, know your patterns. And arguments are where things tend to come sort of into a kind of a point where you can notice these patterns and notice these difficulties. So that's why we're going to talk about it today. That must be why a lot of couples come to you for a couples therapy, is it? Well, I mean, people often say to me, I mean, two two big things. I would say, yes, they come because arguments have become intractable. You know, they end up in a, in a swim of argument or arguing all of the time. And of course, what's happening there is something underneath isn't being addressed. But the other thing, and Maraid, I'm saying it because a lot of people who listen also are new in dating. You know, they're in the, in a, the yeah. end of a, a relationship in the dating phase or the establishing phase. People shouldn't be arguing much at all at the beginning. You know, there yes. should be a, a real kind of fluidity to what is happening. Yes. And I'm always very surprised that people are prepared to make a lot of allowance and say, oh, well, we argue a lot, but, you know, we get on really well. But, well, well, do you really? I'm sorry, I don't get that. I don't I don't accept that. Yeah. If you're, I mean, there's very few people in my life in general that I argue with. So why is your baseline such that you think arguments are OK? So there's a kind of that's the kind of area, you know, arguments tell a lot how you deal with them, the way you argue, your style of argument, how you feel about winning and losing, how you feel about progressing it. It says a lot about your pattern and your past and you. And sometimes I know we don't like to think it. Sometimes we're the problem. It's not yes. always the other person. So I suppose I'm encouraging people today to kind of think about that, look at that and um, delve down a little bit into how your own style. So that's where we're going. Brilliant. Um, can I ask you straight up, what is the most argue like what is the biggest thing that people argue about well i think it it changes as as life goes on in a relationship you know in the whole arc of the relationship but um i suppose if you looked up something like accord where you know they deal with a lot of a lot of um marriage breakdown and people trying of course to keep their marriages together they tend you know they they will say that you know it's often about alcohol it's often about attention it's often about money but um, that's when really you're at the very end of that arc, if you like. And so I found um, 
what what I find the and and if you look through things, what you see is there's a there's a whole list of things we hear an awful lot about. You know how men stack the dishwashers and women do this. You know the chores in the home. Yes, there's all sorts of things that people argue about, but you can actually push them all into a small few categories. In my view, okay, all those little things. And I would say number one and top of the list in general is inadequate attention or affection. Now you can put sex within that too, but in many ways it's just lack of attention, lack of focus, somebody not feeling not being valued. seen, not being heard. Yes. Yes, you've often said that feeling valued, feeling heard, feeling seen and feeling noticed, feeling desired, <coughs> feeling feeling valued in all of those ways. So inadequate attention, jealousy or infidelity, obviously lots of rows around that. Chores and responsibility number 3. Uh, sex of course. Um, control and dominance, and that's about you know, be it money or you know, control. Um, one yeah, we had terms. one of our first podcasts was all on power, um, exactly. and obviously it was something that came up a lot for you that you suggested it. Yes, control and dominance very important in relationships. Who's who's got autonomy? Who's got freedom? Who's who's establishing things? Who's who's determining things? That's really important. And future plans and money. So these are typical in the early years of marriage. I suppose in the first five eight years of marriage, kind of problems. And I would say we talk that now as well about living together. So you know, it's it doesn't really matter whether you're married or living together as long as you're together. These are the kinds of things people argue about. And what what I find most interesting is it's it's how people argue. It's the depth of, if you like, destruction that's brought on by arguments rather than seeing an argument. I mean, arguments have to have have to happen. Some people feel, oh, you know, we've such a lovely, such a lovely relationship and we never argue. I don't really I don't think that's a great barometer either. Yeah. You you should be having differences because we're encountering each other all the time. We're 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 failing each other all the time a little bit, missing that mark. Yes. And uh, we all know the perfect the perfect feeling of the falling in love and the fantastic time when we are all in utter unison. But when we step back then a little bit and we start, you know, having babies and and washing nappies and putting lots of in out and and all of You're those showing things, your age now with the washing yeah, not washing. I actually yeah. never washed nappies. That was a, that's a huge Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely a disposable nappy woman. But um, I think that that's when the arguments really start, you know, and yeah. they can be very toxic and very destructive. So, how can you argue in a healthy way? Yes, I think that's important to to ask. That's you know. So, if you think, I always think, you know, if you think about arguments, the ones that are resolved, you almost forget what they ever were. Yes. They're, they're over. You can have an enormous argument with your partner, but if you resolve it together and you actually meet each other eye to eye, even mm -hmm. if it was powerful and somebody was very hurt and very annoyed, they can, you can get through it, can't you? And yes. you, you can get through it and you can, when it's resolved properly, you kind of forget about it. I think though this also comes back to the partner you choose to be with. Um, and the reason I would say that if you're with an emotionally mature person or an emotionally secure person, the type of arguments you're going to have are going to be very different to someone that's not emotionally mature and not emotionally Correct. developed to a certain extent. Yes. And I think it's an important thing to look at when you're choosing a life partner. Now, I know... Look, people come as they are and some people might tick a lot of other boxes and, you know, I, but I do think if that's important to you, like I have really thought about what makes a really good relationship. Like there's so many elements that I would draw in from it. Mm. 
and definitely the person's emotional maturity um and how they argue is definitely going to be but how they resolve it and how you communicate like we did a whole podcast on communication like if you're drawing in all of those things your arguments are going to be very different and the reason i say that i've obviously dated a few people only a handful, by the way. Sometimes it sounds like I've dated 700 people, you know, but I will say. Yeah. Yeah. But like I definitely... Double digits dated, only. I know, that's it. But uh, <laughs> I, I did date one guy, a very successful guy, but we never had one argument. And the problem yes. with that was he just said yes to everything. Or like, you know, this old phrase of, I don't mind whatever yeah, you exactly. like yourself. And I like... I'm not a controlling person. So like if I was a controlling person, I would have walked all over him. So actually mm-hmm. I was like, but I kind of would like you to be happy too, you know, just a little bit. Yes. So, you know, maybe you just might tell me what your preference would be. Um, mm-hmm. And so the indecisiveness just to please me, you know, was really annoying. But then on the opposite end of the scale, I dated somebody that if we had an argument, the stuff that would be said in that argument would nearly blow your skin off your body because he would, <laughs> it would literally good. like yeah. a wrath of a dragon. So it would. Exactly. You know? and so that's not right either. No, so, exactly. And so what? So so it's within those two. And what you are pointing out there is, of course, it's about the person because arguments reveal the, the sort of core of you, yes. your style. So the person we talked a lot about, the narcissist, you argue mm-hmm. with the narcissist, you know all about it. That's the fella, as you said, That's it. the skin off you. That's it. Um, yes. Yeah. yeah. Because you are, some people see an argument as a fight. Mm-hmm. And for some, it's a fight for absolute survival. And it might be only about washing the dishes, but but it is representing and is being felt like for that person as a complete challenge. Actually, and, yeah. yeah. And Actually, so, I'm just going to say there, go on, go. even the words there, having an argument and having a fight. Yes. The energy that both of those words hold. Actually, you know, the word arguments a lot softer. And so, yes, I get yes. it. Yes, it's it's because people situate themselves and they feel um, they feel kind of completely wounded if they're corrected now. And this is why I say arguments bring up they kind of they're like a, a spotlight. You know, when you put on a spotlight, it just sort of hovers over the issue and it sort of can it can stir something and bring into into the room something from your childhood. The person who has always been corrected, the person who has always been talked down to made feel small, made maybe by mother, maybe by father, I don't know, whichever it is. But those those early hearts get knitted into this very simplistic argument that needs needs healthily to happen within this relationship, which is you and me need to talk about how we allocate these chores in the house because I feel I'm doing so much more than you. And um, what do you think? What, what was normal for you? So there's many ways to go at it. But if you've got somebody who has been pushed around at home, dominated badly, um, be that the girl or the or the boy, you know, the man in the situation, then you are you are dealing with their past. And we have to recognize that when we are in love with anybody, that we have their past and our past to deal with. And you have to allow that into the room. Yeah. Can I ask you, are there different styles of arguing? Like, is there like a theory around it? Well, I mean, yes, there's lots of theory around it, but I would say that the biggest thing in romantic, you know, there's conflict, the whole area of kind of managing conflict. But what in in a romantic sense and what's realistic, if you like to apply in a romantic sense, is that I always say like loving communication is about 
keeping the other person constantly in mind and showing that they are always in some loving, benign place in your mind. So you're at all times, even if you have to say something tough, you know, like yes. that drove me crazy. But somewhere, somewhere there, you're still holding the love and the fact that you're still, you know, fond of this person, mad about this person, have made your life with this person. So you don't go in to destroy. You don't go in to hurt. You yes. don't go you don't go in to wound to derail. this person. Yes. Yes, to wound them. Because we're all very delicate underneath. So it's about keeping the conversation and keeping it in the positive. And keeping away, I mean, where the real destructive things are, when you go in to making personal comments, everybody knows in a relationship when the insults start, the love goes out the door because yes. you you really I would say to people, it's I've often mentioned it's a bit like a like a glass. You shatter it, you can stick it together, but it's never going to be very usable again. It is um, if you if you start being personal and derogatory with your about themselves, like, you know, you know, you're. I don't know. Appearance, your personality, your you're family. You're lazy. You're this. Yes, you're yes. Exactly. Personal things. I, I think, you know, it's the sped arrow, the spoken word, you know, the lost opportunity that yes. you cannot take back. I think that you can say sorry, but you've damaged something. And couples need to be aware of that. Personal, really personal insults like that. They're off the table in a romance, in my view. Yes. They're yeah. off the table. I think with that, I'm not a fighter or I'm not really an argumentative person. Very few confrontations. I don't, I don't yeah. have arguments with people. You're not like, firing. To communicate. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are afraid to communicate because they are afraid it's going to derail. Um, yeah. And I think if I'm What do you having, mean derail? What do you mean like, derail? When I say derail, like get absolutely out of control. Like I was saying with that ex of right. mine, that yes. it would just get so like, it's like we're talking about like emptying the dishwasher and all of a sudden the words that are being used, the screaming, the... Yeah. You know, the absolute barrage of abuse almost, you know, and we're like, we're literally just having, because, because it's just like, I, you know, can we have this conversation? Excuse me. Yes. <clears throat> so like, they're fighting for survival in that. They and are. And it's just yeah. like, we're only talking about the dishwasher, relax. So yeah. like, if you even, what I would do is even start the conversation with, like, there is no fault here. There is no blame. We're not looking for who's responsible for this or anything. Can we just climb out of this? Can we just figure yeah. this out? Yes. No, it's, well, that's, leave that's it behind an, and go forward. That's an ideal way, you know. Yes. So, but the thing is, you know, emotions take over. You're yeah. absolutely right. I mean, in a normal, in the normal way, what we like to do is we like to just bring bring the issue to the table and say, can can you and I talk about this and can we sort this out because mm -hmm. it's driving me crazy or whatever you're doing is right. But that's not how arguments happen, is it? Because no. as you say, people withdraw from communicating. They 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 kind of, and I'm sorry, women in many ways go forward in in relationships a lot saying, well, he should know that by now. Sorry, no, that doesn't work. You know, it's your job. It's your, it's not his job actually to know. It is your job to communicate. And, you know, that's how it works. You say what is important to you. It's the language of need, the language of, you know, relationship that you explain your wants and your needs and your desires. Mm -hmm. And you give the other person the opportunity to respond. That's how it works. Why in romantic relationships is anger so close at hand? Well, I think it's because, you know, as I mentioned there, the pattern, the, what's behind the person and, and what they have been, dealt with is is very close at hand when, when arguments start because mm -hmm. people feel criticised perhaps or maybe they're wrong or they're being put in the wrong or maybe it's unjust. So there's many other, many other sort of 
uh, how would I say, floating kind of attached feelings going on there. People may feel wounded. They may feel diminished. They may feel put down. They may feel that you're aggressive. Mm-hmm. Um, they may feel that um, they they may feel that they're not going to come out of this looking good. That it's undignified for them. So so people go. That's why people go into a kind of vicious anger about it. Also, it's what they've seen at home. Yeah, I've I've seen I, I see in, in see it in in therapy a lot and in indeed in life you will see. Um, I remember dealing with a situation with a couple and they would say, "Oh, will we just let the children sort it out?" And I said, "Well." That's not really parenting, is it? You know, because no. that's really like, you know, we let dogs sort things out. And I don't mean that derogatorily. But yeah, you I know. know. So, but the biggest one wins. Guidance, the, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's not. A, so to me, that's not smart. I think, you know, so how did you learn to argue? You know, in, in childhood, were you allowed to speak what you wanted? Were you allowed to say what you wanted? Or was yes. it shut up, put up and get on with it? Because that's the way it was for lots of people. Do you think, I think that that sort of method of, Non, non-parenting we'll call it um, I yeah. think that probably leads to grown men and grown women not being able to use their big boy words or the big girl words yes. and all of a sudden there's like this shut off they yes. do the silent treatment they do this really immature yeah. style of fighting and um, like nothing gets resolved then it drags on for days like I can't leave an argument just sitting there I, I don't want to I just don't think it's 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 necessary like yeah. um, what, definitely one of the ways that I would look at it is that within a relationship yes there's two people but the relationship is one unit and so if yes. you're having an argument you're you're tarnishing that unit that you're like at least 50% of I think everybody's 100 and 100% when we'll say but I do think that, you know, if you're having that argument that you both need to be in. And um, I was watching something with Brené Brown there over the weekend and she was saying um, that herself and her husband, they they are definitely very united. And I suppose she would have lots of conversations mm-hmm. like you and I. And she said that, you know, herself and her husband are not just two individuals. They are in a relationship and they are together as one unit. And so she would often come home and say to him, you, you know, relationships are not 50 50 and therefore she'll come home to him and she'll say to him I've got 20 percent I literally that's all I have to give today of energy of kindness of love I'm like burnt out whenever a stressful thing is happening I only have 20 percent and her husband would say don't worry I've got the other 80 percent I've got you covered Mm. and I just thought it was so lovely and she said on other days she might come home or he might come home and say babe I've got 10 percent And he might say, well, I only have 25%. So she says on a day where the two of them can't make up 100%, mm-hmm. they just have a quick conversation about, okay, let's be really kind to each other and how can we get through this together? And I just thought it was so beautiful because sometimes people are, and I've noticed that like in previous relationships, before I did all this work and before I read all this stuff about what I would look at as the right way to have a relationship, I, you know, I often thought when you have an argument, everything just makes speeds up. Everything yes. is so quick. The calmness is completely gone. Like calm is the complete opposite to the feeling. And whereas actually you're fighting with the person in your safe place, because my home is my safe place. My yes. relationship should be my safe place. And I know it's an ideal world, but if you can communicate well, I think it's very possible. Hundred percent, and I mean, we'd expect Brenny Brown now to be very tuned into herself. Yes, exactly. But but and it's lovely. And what what she's what you're pointing to there. Number one is she keeps the team in view. She yes. keeps the two in view, yes. and it can be hard because, as you say, everything speeds up. But 
what you what you have really touched on there a few a few, few times I thought was that um, when it all speeds up, you see patterns come back into play. People just sort of kick back, shoot back there, whatever will whatever will shut you up, shut yes. you down, stop it, and that's the toxic end of it. And at the other end is the very benign. You know, um, we need to talk, or you know, I, I know we need to talk about this, but I have nothing to give today, and I'm going to be sharp. I'm tired. Let's leave this and let's come back to it. Now, if we can just touch on that, so there's two yes. things about is there is there a good time to argue? You know, people say, oh, don't, you know, don't go to sleep on an argument. You have a sense of that, which is interesting. You know, you're yes. just saying there you don't want to you don't like it to go on for a while. Some people are when an argument kicks off, they're processing some of that older stuff. So they do slow down some mm -hmm. for some. It goes quickly for some. It goes slower. And for, for when those any of those sort of hurt feelings come into play, for some people, they protect themselves by withdrawing. Okay. So it's not always sulking. It's fight it, or flight it, mode, sort of. Yes, they yeah, sort of I get withdraw. that. Yeah. They withdraw to mind themselves and they need or to, to not say that thing. Yes. Yes. For not to say and not to be hurtful. They know they're not able and they pull back. So it's about respecting that difference as well in how okay. you have to go at it. Um, and I think um, I, I think there's a lot to be learned about when, you know, respecting each other's difference there. Uh, some people like to talk about things at night. I have a, I have a kind of a belief that things are better done in the daylight if you can. Okay. Because you're you're a little less emotional, you're a little less tired. There's often not it's not caught in with social things. If you can, I think don't sleep on it. That's as a much nice as way it. to put it. Yeah, I in would. I yeah. give it a you know because when you let it pass, it's it's not to not to say it's not important. Promise each other you will discuss it and you will get the, you you will take on board what they've said, but that you're not able for it right now. That's. As Good. somebody that previously I suffered with anxiety, it was actually work related stress and anxiety many years yes. ago, and it was very bad. It was physically and mentally it was yeah. painful. And so I decided many years ago that I was going to make my bedroom my safe place. So my bed is actually like a cloud and I never make any apologies for it. Like I put a lot of work into making my bed like a cloud. Yeah. And so I have always had a rule. There's no arguments in my bedroom or our yes. bedroom or whatever it is. Yeah. And I think it helps it definitely does help yes. so if there's going to be an argument the spare room would be a good day good time to use that today you know yes exactly very good and and maybe maybe what you're pointing to there as well is that it's good for couples to um review how an argument has gone um when it's all over yes you know when it's, it's gone wrong. time to calm as well yes when it's gone wrong, it might be a week later, but I would, you know, I've always encouraged couples to have these kind of little reviews. Do you know, it's almost like a, you know, a checkout. Where are we? How are we doing? You know, that's a good time to say, well, you know, I think when we argue, we seem to go off the rails a bit. We, 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 you know, it becomes much hotter and it's a very small thing that we're arguing about, but it gets, you know, gets hot. So we need to think about that. Mm -hmm. So reviewing it is good. And, so, and repairing it. And repairing it, which 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 comes to the point of, you know, how do you repair? How yes. do you fix things? Like, so what are if you, this comes back to what are arguments really about? Mm -hmm. Arguments are about you being hurt or offended or annoyed or feeling diminished by the behavior of somebody else. That's why you're bringing it. That's why the argument's in, isn't it? So so you have to bring into that argument your feeling also the behavior be specific rather than personal what they did that hurt you how that felt and what you need from them that's 
that's a positive healthy exchange you're then like a tennis ball passing it over to them to see what can they do with that can they fix that will they are they able to fix it now if they take it as an affront take it as something as i say to wound them to min to diminish them to hurt them well then you have to you know really try and listen to that and this is where arguments go so try and hear that but really makes you know come into the Come into the argument with some suggestions about how to fix it. What do you need to be better? What do yes. you need to change? What can the other person do to make it better? And yeah. you also I, like, have I to was be, thinking, yeah. You have to be prepared this. to listen to their side because yes. you're just one side of this this relationship. So mm -hmm. you have to bring both into play. Why did they do what they did? Maybe they think that's correct. Maybe they thought they were doing the right thing. Um, maybe they thought it would help you, but it didn't help you. So it's an exchange rather than a, you listen to me and when I'm finished talking, I'm out of here. We see those kind of arguments that doesn't bring anything back to the table. Can I ask you, because I would definitely be someone that would just say sorry for the sake of it, just sometimes just to would diffuse the situation. Um, mm. Definitely. I'm a, an over sorry or just to get over the situation. I've also dated, dated a narcissist that was included in previous example, by yes. the way. I've, also, I've dated a narcissist and um, they will never say the word sorry. No. And so, like, is there a particular skill set if you're dating with that sort of person? Well, I think um, with that sort of person, I think you have to know what you're dealing with. And um, I, I think that dealing with somebody who doesn't know how to apologize, you know, I don't think that's a healthy relationship yes. um, because you're not going to get over it. You're you're not going to survive because you're going to build up those hearts. You're only human and um, and hearts build up not only, you know, pain and distress, but also resentment. And that's all going to build over time. So this is why arguing is important because you have to be able to exchange. You also have to be able to repair it and Step one in in repairing it is apologizing. Somebody yes. you have so you just said there these people you know don't apologize. That's a that's a toxic trait. It's a toxic trait in them not mm -hmm. to be able because because apology is about owning what you've done. Now you should not apologize. I know you say you're sorry to get out of the situation. That's fine. I I wouldn't encourage that because well I, think, I don't do it completely on that or yes. not not anymore. But previously I may have done it. Yes, well, well, I would say if you're with a narcissist, you might say sorry just to save, like just to, to shut it down. Sometimes even for safety or just for emotional safety that you're like, yes. oh my god, this is just way too much. It'd just be easier to say sorry now and back off, which yeah. is not healthy. And if you are doing that, you're not being true to yourself, and you probably need to look at well, you know, probably you do need to look at your full relationship. Yes, but, exactly. You know, because you're you'll resent over time. And yes, yeah. And um, but like you, you know, another thing then is as well. Like I've noticed sometimes when you do say sorry like that person maybe just an exception apology and it could be over something so small like so how important is somebody accepting your apology or you know like I definitely need somebody to accept my apology to know that the argument is over absolutely because apology is first of all it's so important to give an apology if mm -hmm. you feel you've made a mistake um if you've not just made a mistake if you've hurt the person you've hurt mm -hmm. them maybe you didn't mean to hurt them Maybe you didn't mean to, you know, make them feel that that you weren't thinking about them at that time or whatever it all was about. And but it's it's absolutely basic that the person who sees that they did something that wounded the other person, they apologize. Apology is a lovely new beginning. It acknowledges the hurt. 
It doesn't mm-hmm. mean that you're a desperate person. You're, you know, you're a big person to be able to apologize. I see yes. it as a strength to be able to say, listen, I hear it now. I see what you, you know, I see what it did to you, but I was not aware of that at the beginning. And I completely apologize. And I will be working on, you know, really keeping that in mind for the future. That's that's a wholesome apology. Um, you know, I think it's absolutely imperative in relationship that you get good at doing that but there's two sides to it there's the Mm -hmm. saying the apology and like you mentioned there there is the receiving it because lots of people don't accept apologies they they might say oh yeah 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 but uh you know deep down they're still annoyed that the person is has done it rather than you know what I mean they're not yes. they're not accepting it as a new beginning and and I think that says a little more about them now I know if it goes on and yeah. on and you're back to the square one maybe but but I think you this is sometimes this is this is present quite early before big patterns are showing that that people feel oh you'll hear people saying oh words are easy you know yes well, I don't accept that in a relationship words are everything we have to communicate share value each other, value what you say, value what what you mean, value how you feel and apologize is part of that and receiving that and accepting it. Accept that your partner is doing their best. Accept that they're trying. They're not going to be perfect. Neither are you. That's my baseline. Sometimes though, and I've noticed this, that sometimes I can accept an apology However, I can still, my body is still not okay after it. Like it's a big argument. And I was reading a statistic earlier er, recently and it was saying that it can take up to seven hours for your heart rate to come down, to come down up to seven hours if you have an argument with a loved one. And I was actually talking to a friend of mine only about two weeks ago and she was saying that her husband had said to her, you know, when we have a fight, like it can actually, he's like he said, everything can be going right for the day. Like business can be booming. Life can be great, can win his golf mm. tournament and everything. And, you know, still it, just having his fi- a fight with his wife can throw his whole day. And I like, I think that's, mm. and it is like, it's if it's someone you love. Like if it's someone that you don't care about, it doesn't matter. But when it's someone that you love, it can hit so close. So I do think that you can accept an apology and not be okay yet. Yes. Like I've had arguments in the past and, um, I can't say the words I love you unless I really love them. Like the words will not come out of my mouth. And I like that as an indicator because I know when I'm, I, you know, if I'm in a good place with that person. And mm. so um, like I've had arguments in the past and it has been resolved and I have accepted the apology, but yes. I still need an hour or two before I'm able to say I love you again. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think, well, that's natural. I think it's like almost like digesting the row. Mm-hmm. You need time to let it all settle back down. All the things that have been said, all the things that you have felt. And as you say, let the heart rate down yes. and, and distract. There's another a few a few interesting things also about arguments and relationships, I think, which are really worth thinking about. People generally continue to argue about the same thing. Yes, um, I've heard that. Yeah. And it's also it's also quite you know, there was there was a, an an interesting research piece years ago about um, long term marriages, and that uh, they were together like fifty, sixty years, but they they had they still had the same argument. It was almost like that argument never really got sorted because it's a basic difference between them, and perhaps yes. they shouldn't be arguing about it. So that's something else I think to think about. So even though these they, they stayed together and all of that, mm-hmm. um, the other thing is, of course, you know, in that little the sort of list I mentioned earlier. You know, 
arguments change over time. Mm-hmm. Um, where where jealousy and infidelity can be big things at the beginning, they become less issues as time goes on. And okay. Attention becomes a bigger issue as time goes on. It's kind of interesting. So things change all the time. And the the pattern of your arguments, the way that you argue, the things that you argue about. But I would encourage people um, to really work on checking themselves, because I think people are very good. And I've noticed I noticed this an awful lot in the room in front of me with two people. People are excellent at looking at the other person and finding the fault. Yes, they can see why he's doing that wrong, right, everything, they can analyze them and vice versa. Um, but they're not too good at looking at themselves. Yes. And I I know sometimes I bark on a little bit about it, but the reality is that looking at yourself is the bravest thing that you can do. And yes. um, we are very patterned people. We all bring stuff from our childhood. We have all of that. But in your argument, you're also very patterned. So be careful what you argue about why it upsets you so much and why you're finding it difficult to let that argument go. And I think that there's something really important about distracting and disrupting. People talk about arguments in their head, you know, they'll continue and go over it and go over it. Um, And that can that can make it even more toxic for you, you know, individually and together. And I think sometimes it's important just to I know I mentioned parking it, but really just just saying we're going to look at that. But put it over there and go and disrupt that whole sort of arc and enjoy yourself. Try and go and do something else. Yes. Otherwise, you're in this sort of it's almost like getting into a groove, into a very negative groove that you can't get yourself out of because you keep reminding yourself that he hurt you there. I know hurt you there as well. And then there's this and that. And they all kind of you're kind of huge. You're you're percolating your memory and bringing back all sorts of. Um, little little other hurts that are similar mm-hmm. and there's no point to that I, I think there's no point to it like we all have those friends that are always right you know we have that yeah. they never have done anything wrong and it's always somebody else's fault and everything and so like I was watching something with Esther Perel recently and she was saying if the person the other person is late it's because they don't care they don't have respect for my time they didn't leave enough time and they didn't make it inevitable that they were going to get here and they've totally disrespected me whereas when you're late it's because it was out of my control I was held back in a meeting and so I sometimes it's very important to look at the narrative and actually I say this a lot to clients in between the first and three stages of love, there's a romantic stage where it's all fabulous and, you know, rose petals and, you know, rose tinted glasses, uh, all of those things. The next stage then being the power struggle. Mm-hmm. And very often I say, I watch, I tell clients to watch out for this, especially when they're saying, oh my God, it's all brilliant. It's all fantastic. I always say to clients, I'm just letting you know in a few weeks time, they, you know, that you are going to, that little rose tinted glasses is going to come about. There is going to be the power struggle where they're late twice in a row or you've had to drive to them twice in a row and at that stage it's really important to communicate mm-hmm. because it is normally just you know if they're getting that far into it like let's face it the chemistry is there a lot of lifestyle is going to be aligned and everything and it's just communicating it so I think it's really important that you're very aware of your own narrative that you're yeah. very aware are you the person that's always right that everyone yes. else is at fault and what are you telling yourself? Situation. Yeah, at the, especially at the very beginning, but also right throughout, because yeah. it's very easy to lay blame at other people and not look at yourself. Very easy. And something I often in in a couple world, um, something I often say to people is try, try to to also just think about the things you're not saying. 
in yes. that argument. The things you're holding back, like what you know, the things that are hurting you, you know, and and for them, just remember, they also have that story. They have something they're finding it hard to tell you, which is that you you make you make him feel small or he's confused by your crying. Um, I mean, this is something I hear a lot from men. They will say, I, I, I don't want to get into it because she gets so upset. And then I, I just don't know what's going on, you know, so mm-hmm. you have to explain it. And uh, I think like I'm very, uh, you know, I'm very on the men's side, as you know, as well, because yeah. I think I, balanced, I'm very yeah. equal because I, I see so much of their heart as well. And um, so so maybe, you know, holding the, the wild upset back, one of the ways to do that as well, I think, is to deal with things incrementally. Don't let them build up. Yes. Communicate it. What happens, because this has definitely happened to me before, what happens when you are having the same argument over and over and it is very important to you and you genuinely feel like it is a complete disrespect? It's not just the narrative, like you've actually said to them, this is why I I don't like this anymore. Um, For me, I, this is how I feel. So you talk about your feelings instead of laying blame at them and then saying like how you know, can we please fix this? What happens when they just don't care? It may be the end. Yeah, well, it was the end, yeah. Yeah, as they say, (laughs) sometimes it's the end. I think that arguments that cannot be resolved, um, having the same argument over and over with that resolution will destroy um, the love. Um, The other things that signal the end, I suppose, are when you are, you know, when the person must always win and it is a winner and a loser. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's not a relationship. It's certainly not, it's not the relationship any of us want. And um, so you have to watch out for it. That's why, that's why we've talked about arguments today, I think, because they're, they're a great little window into how your future is going to be with somebody. Yes. How they resolve. I was in the company of a lovely couple at the weekend and the guy is, um, Absolutely, you know, heart and soul, sort of great crack all the time. It's just gorgeous, fun, lovely. I know him to be a, a lovely guy with a lovely kind of demeanor. And I said to his wife, and they're together, but there must be 24 years. And I just said to her, is he always like that? I mean, is there another side that yeah. we're not seeing? Oh, she said, I would love to say so, but no. She said, he's always like this. And I just thought, look at you. Mm-hmm. He is absolutely great fun, gorgeous sort of temperament. And and I thought, how lovely. She completely gets it that he is, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure he has loads of annoying things because he nearly annoys me when I meet him, you know. He's so but lovely, yeah. That's not the point. He's <laughs> yes. got this gorgeous demeanor and this gorgeous style, easy way with people. So, you know, I think... I, I think it's just about recognizing that, you know, that arguments tell us a lot about people. And um, if you're picking for love and you're choosing a partner, you want somebody who can listen to you, hear you, who can um, make up when things go wrong, who can let it go. Apologize sometimes. And you need to be that person, too. And if you we've all had been in the place where. They fix something for a week or two and then it reverts back. And that is, I would think, a lack of disrespect. Like you were saying, it is the beginning of the end at that stage if they can, can, can't get their, I mean, a kindly shit together and sort yeah. it out, you know. And um, if they can't see it. Yeah. And if they can't see it. Um, what happens? So for a lot of people, like it's it's easy when you're two, three months in, you just kind of say goodbye and off you go into yes. a different direction. What happens when you are? 
years into a marriage when there's maybe kids involved when there's a house when there's yeah. a mortgage there's a dog there's parents there's friends there's everybody holidays booked everything like that yeah what happens then well what really happens in um in couple therapy a lot what i notice is people come with an argument or they come with a you know so a conflict that they seem not to be able to resolve but when we unpick it and you deconstruct what what's what's hurting both people or why it's not getting resolved there is usually another issue underneath there okay. is usually there's something that has never been said the um yeah. and when that gets said and in a marriage of course there's a lot to win and a lot to lose mm-hmm. so there's a lot on the table and it can it can really unclip something quite toxic that was destroying things and it gives them a chance to reset and to, in many ways, build, rebuild from a new base. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm a, I'm the kind of person. You say, you know, you're the, you know, you, there in the past that you would say sorry a lot. I'm not like that. I'm inclined. I, I'm a very straight up person in in a relationship. I believe in, really believe in uh, communicating what's going right and wrong. But I also believe in distracting and leaving it there and coming back to it. Fresh eyes. And that's what, you know, fresh eyes, fresh time when it's just yes. the two of you. And in a couple, when you have in couple therapy, you're getting the benefit of that completely different listening. Something I often encourage people to do in an argument, and I'm doubling back here now is, you know, the way a therapist listens to you. I mean, everybody, nearly everybody's had a therapist at at one point. But when I listen to people in therapy, I'm not I'm listening to really understand what they're trying to tell me about their whole world, what it's like for them, how they've been, what they feel, what they fear. And so I listen and ask questions and I and I give them my 100 percent attention. And that's the kind of listening that you need when you're arguing, you know, I'm not suggesting therapy wise, but that listening where you're saying, but why did you do that? Why did you think that was right? Where did you ever see that before? You know, it's that trying to understand why they did what they did Mm -hmm. so that you can forgive, understand and let go. That's that kind of active listening. That's active listening is in a trite word. It's bigger than active listening. It's being absolutely present in an open way to try and understand the other person's world, because it is their world that's making them argue with you. It's all of them. It's not just the thing they did. It's everything they understand, everything they believe and everything they've experienced before. And maybe you're, you know, encountering that in these little, they're like little hot points that arguments are. I think as somebody that has previously said sorry, just for the sake of it, to diffuse conversations, I think after doing a lot of work myself, I don't anymore. I actually, I I enjoy an uncomfortable conversation now at this stage. So I would say to anybody that is in that kind of place to kind of do a bit of work on themselves to get more confident at being um, comfortable in, in your words, in your feelings and everything, because I think it is important to be able to communicate yourself and not just fit in with everybody else absolutely i think your all your relationships will benefit from it but most of all you'll benefit from it exactly all relationships that's a really good point your 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 romantic your friendships and start there i always say start in the easy ones you know start Mm -hmm. where it's easier for you where it's less complex but you know relationships are all about revealing yourself and Mm -hmm. if you don't reveal yourself people don't know you they're not supposed to know you without you you know, showing them who you are. It yes. makes for more interest. It's the whole color of who you are. And it makes it easier to love you and easier 
easier to maintain a healthy, good relationship. So that's the part we all play. Um, and yeah, I hope that was helpful, Marie, today. Yeah, Arguments I, I, here I'm, and there. I know we went here and there with it, but I think it's a it's a very interesting subject and a very interesting part of relationships. I think so. And I think it's very important to mention maybe at this stage as well that, you know, if you are having the type of arguments that you're afraid um, both um, both mentally, both emotionally, both physically, uh, like I think it's very important that you know, you shouldn't, that's not a healthy relationship. That's and if that is matter. the case, yeah, if that is the case, you do need to go and get help. Um, I recently had Women's Aid on my podcast would like to meet and I would say there are huge amounts of supports there. I honestly cannot sing their praises enough. There's Men's Aid as well. So if you are in a situation where arguments are actually fearful, scary and dangerous, please, please, I would just say to you, reach out and get help. There is so many options to you out there. If you want to get in contact with myself and Stephanie, either at any stage over something like that, we will help you go in the right direction and completely confidentially. I just like people to know that. Perfect. Well done, Maraid. Yeah, great reminder. Really important. So back to the sunshine. Back to the sunshine. If anybody would like to book a consultation with myself and Stephanie as well. Um, again, I was just saying for anybody that books a consultation for the month of June and July, we're doing half price um, to help all you lovely people with your, your love and dating. So yeah, visit us at toughlove.ie. Thank you. Thanks so much. 